Hi, everybody. Glad you could be with us today, either for a Devo with Vincent Bow or the podcast that we're now putting out. Just great to have you with us. Um, we've been talking this week about the Bible and have just concluded yesterday uh, on reasons why we can have confidence that the Bible is, in the, is the inspired Word of God. And today, Vince is going to take us in a different direction. But before we do that, Vince, do we have a question yes. for people that we want them to respond to? Yeah, we do. Just a fun icebreaker and um, doesn't, well, it kind of ties in with what we're going to be talking about today. But did you ever, or have you ever tried to learn another language? And high school counts. Those of you listening on the podcast, we're going to interact with the Facebook crowd for just a minute here. Um, but you can think along the same question for those of you who are listening on the podcast. So, Bo, have you? Yeah, did you try so to learn another language? What, I didn't try go? very hard. How'd it go? <laughs> but I uh, took high school Spanish my sophomore year. Yep. I passed. Yep. Let's just leave it at that. We'll leave it at I'm, that. I'm not affluent. Uh, but I remember one time, Jan and I were in Mexico years ago. We were, we were fairly newly wed. Yeah. And uh, the waiter came up and said, hola. And I said, uh, que tal, bien? And... Uh, which is, he, he said, hello, or yeah. he said, hola, que tal? I said, yeah. bien, y tu? That's what I yeah. said, bien, y tu? Uh, how are you? He, hello, how are you? I said, fine, and you? And Janie's eyes got real big. She uh, thought, my husband's a genius. He oh, speaks Spanish. Oh, my goodness, that's Not funny. knowing that that pretty much exhausted. <laughs> that was yeah. it. I like got to it. 10, and that was it. Yeah, that, was it. that is very funny. <laughs> Same for me, I learned Spanish. My first two years of high school, then didn't have to take it the next two years of high school, and then had to take it again in college, oh, and wow. I had forgotten everything, so that was hard. But then I actually worked with a bunch of people who spoke Spanish for a while in a wow. restaurant, and so I picked, up, picked it up a little bit then, because yeah. they would only speak in Spanish to each other, and my accent got really, really good, cool. even though my vocabulary was still really small. So there's been a bunch of times now where I'll talk to somebody who yeah. speaks fluent Spanish, Similar to you, I'll say yeah. a few words, and right. because of my accent, they think they, that you've got they it. think I'm fluent, and they'll go, <laughs> and I go, no, no, I'm not. And they're like, what? Un, un poco. Solo un poco. <laughs> right, right. That wasn't a very good accent. But anyway, I probably lost the accent, too. But anyway, so that, that uh, if you left a comment on Facebook, we'll respond to that soon. Um, but that ties right in with what we're going to talk about today, which is, what is the difference between all the different translations of the Bible? We talked at the very beginning of this whole Bible session that all of the translations are based on Greek, the original Greek that the New Testament was written in, and the Hebrew that the Old Testament was written in, and a few parts are written in Aramaic as well. But all that to say, the English Bibles we read are based on the original languages. But even still, there's lots of different English translations. So what's the difference between all these different English translations? Which one should I pick? And how do I know which one I should pick? So we're going to unpack this a little bit. And the short answer is that there's really no right answer. Like this is the one translation, but we want to help you learn how to think about the differences mm -hmm. between the different English translations of the Bible. I'm going to put something on the screen now. We've got some new technology so we can put pictures on the screen. But this is a <coughs> visual depiction of how to think about the different versions of the Bible. And we're going to unpack this in detail in a minute. But as you can see, there's a spectrum of word for word, thought for thought, or paraphrase. 
Now there are more translations in English besides what you're seeing on the screen, but that's a lot of the popular ones. So if you look on there, it's probably really small for you, but on the far left side, you see interlinear, NASB, AMP, ESV. ESV is probably one of the popular ones you've heard of. So ESV is very close to a word-for-word -word translation of the Bible, and we're going to talk in just a minute about what that means. If you go keep on going around the middle, you see NIV. That's another one you may have heard of. That's close to thought for thought. And then on the far end, you see something MSG. That stands for the message, and that is a paraphrase. So what is the difference between word for word, thought for thought, and paraphrase, and how do I decide which one I want to read? So basically, word for word, thought for thought, and paraphrase are different strategies when it comes to how people think about how to translate from the original language to English. So we are going to do a little explanation by translating from Southern to Midwestern. From Southern English to Midwestern English. Those are obviously the same language, but it'll help you get the point across. And this is a good uh, illustration for our church, The Bridge, in particular, because we've got people from all over this kind of line between the Midwest and the South. Some people have strong Southern accents. Some people don't have any Southern accent at all. They have a very Midwestern accent. And it's funny because since I moved here, I realized sometimes the people with the Midwestern accent don't hear the Southern accent. And the people with the Southern accent don't hear the Midwestern accent, even though they're speaking to my ears very differently. Mm -hmm. But because everyone's so used to being around each other in this kind of cross-section, they can't mm -hmm. tell the difference. Yeah. But anyways, so here, here's our Southern sentence, and we're going to translate it with a word-for-word -word strategy into Midwestern, and then a thought-for-thought strategy, great. <laughs> and then a paraphrase strategy. So our Southern sentence is, I reckon we ought to mosey on down to the local diner and get us some fixins and vittles. <laughs> it's maybe a little bit yeah. of a stereotype. That's okay. Is that, you know. that's, uh, that's a sentence you can imagine, right? Yeah, that's, that's a real sentence. I reckon People we ought to mosey on down to the local diner and get us some fixins and vittles. And I know there's lots of different Southern accents as well. I don't know oh, which yeah. I don't know which part of the south I'm doing right now cuz I'm yeah, from the north right. northerner. Yeah. So I reckon we ought to mosey on down to the local diner and get us some fixins and fiddles. A word for word translation would take each one of those words and translate it directly into the Midwestern equivalent okay. one word at a time. So I believe or uh, the original Southern says, I reckon. Mm -hmm. So a Midwestern version, you would take the I, and you'd say I, and we have the same word in Midwestern. I to I. Then reckon is a little Southern. Uh -huh. So to translate it to Midwestern, we'd say, I'm going to take reckon and change it into believe. When we say oughta, I'm going to change it to ought. When we say mosey, I'm going to change it to stroll. When we say <laughs> fixins, I'm going to change it to dinner. When we say vittles, I'm going to change it to food, right? Just each word one at a time. Gotcha. That's a word-for-word -word strategy. It ends up sounding like this. I believe we ought to stroll on down to the local diner and take us some dinner and food. Now, <laughs> it's a very exact translation. Yes. That's a word-for-word -word translation. The strengths of that is that you can see very closely what each word corresponds to from the original language. Mm -hmm. Some of the downside to it is that it ends up sounding a little awkward. A little stilted. A little stilted. You lose some of the emotion that the original text was I written. I want to go with the first guy. 
You like the southern route. I want to go eat with him. Right. That's why you learn <laughs> Greek, so you can just eat right along with him. Right. Just kidding. We already said it. it's very tough to learn Greek to the level that you can just read a Greek New Testament and get it. So that's an example of a word-for-word -word mm -hmm. translation. A thought-for-thought -thought translation would be, let's take it section by section and try to get the main idea mm -hmm. that the original author meant. Mm -hmm. So instead, when we say, I reckon we ought to mosey, we would try to say that thought in a way that makes sense in Midwestern English. So we'd say, I think it's time we walk. Right? I reckon we ought to mosey. I think it's time we walk. Instead of saying um, fixings and vittles, we would say have, a, have some dinner. That's less literal than saying we need to translate fixins into dinner and vittles into food. Mm -hmm. We just push those together because in Southern English, fixins and vittles is just one idea. It's sufficient. It conveys the idea. Right. It's mm -hmm. technically three words, yeah. but the thought is right. food. Right. So that ends up reading, I think it's time we walk down to the local diner and have some dinner. It's a little more natural, mm -hmm. and it still is very much, the goal is that it's getting the thought mm -hmm. across. A paraphrase is where you focus primarily on the general idea being conveyed in the most natural way possible. So you would say, I reckon and, we and, ought to... And maybe go the ahead. easiest to understand. Yes, the uh -huh. easiest to understand in the most natural mm -hmm. English version. So if you were to translate, I reckon we ought to mosey on down to the local diner and get us some fixins and vittles, if you wanted to translate that with a paraphrase strategy it would sound like this. Let's go over to the diner in town and grab some food. Very few of the exact words were translated. This word goes into this word, or this thought has to be here in this part of the sentence, but it takes the general idea and presents the, as much as the translator can do, the exact same general idea, but in a way that is most natural in the final language that they're trying to translate to. So I'll read them all back to back. So the original, original Southern would say, I reckon we ought to mosey on down to the local diner and get us some fixins and vittles. A word for word version would say, I believe we ought to stroll on down to the local diner and take us some dinner and food. Two, thought for thought would be, I think it's time we walk down to the local diner and have some dinner. Paraphrase three would be, let's go over to the diner in town and grab some food. So none of them is right or wrong. None of them is better or worse. It's just different mindsets and strategies. So now going back to our picture, as you can see, there are all sorts of translations along this whole spectrum. There's a bunch of word-for-word -word ones. There's a bunch of thought-for-thought -thought ones. There's a bunch of paraphrased ones. And the people doing the translating pick, um, you know, just maybe have slightly different nuances to the way that they do those things. So, Pastor Bo, a question for you. What would you tell people in terms of how to pick mm -hmm. between those three categories? How would you help somebody think through? Great, great question. Um, and I'm going to rely a little bit on my own personal experience. And, yeah, and yeah, when great. I, when I first became a Christian, I had, well, I had two things that were enormous gifts to me just to have in my possession. And uh, one was the Living Bible. Mm -hmm. Which would be a paraphrase. A total paraphrase. Mm -hmm. I think it was first came out in about 1973. Mm -hmm. And so it was new to, you know, my, I came to Christ in 1976. It was, it was new. It got, it was enormously popular because people were saying, I now understand the Bible. 
because it's written in modern English. It was like reading the newspaper. Yeah. And it was so easy to grasp. And so for somebody like me, who didn't know much about the Bible, like right. almost nothing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to try to wade through the King James English, yeah. which we don't, u- we don't use those terms, you know, we don't right. use hitherto and whithersoever and right. thee and thou, t- and, and right. you know, and I, tr- you know I, I ended up getting a King James Bible because I thought that was, you know, that's the real Bible. Most you know? spiritual. <laughs> yeah. yeah or most so I had yeah, one, and I got into it, and I liked it. And there are some things I do like about it um, because of the way it, the way things are phrased. It's very memorable. Like, if you try to memorize, I, it's easier to memorize for some reason yeah. because it is different. But for readability and understanding, I would encourage a paraphrase. Okay, yep, good. For a new believer. Good, absolutely. Or for anybody who just wants to read devotionally and, and just, you know, for edification. Now, when you get into Bible study, mm-hmm. I think it's advised to move toward more of a, you know, thought-for-thought uh, thought or word-for-word, word, yep. you know, move toward that side of the spectrum. Yep. Um, and I think you can do that, you know, with a lot of modern translations where you don't, you know, it doesn't cost you a lot on the readability. It's They're still fairly readable. Yep. Yep. But they're also accurate to the original. Yep. Which, when you believe that the original was inspired by God, it matters. It matters. <laughs> what did God, you know, what did God inspire the writer? Yeah. Right. To use. Right. How would you explain? How would I answer? How do you, how do you deal with that? Like, do you feel like, okay, hey, if if it was God inspired in the original, then give me the word for word equivalent. That's right. what I want. How do you deal with that? Well, like using that Southern thing as an example, if I, if, if someone from the South said that in Southern English and they looked at those three translations, I would imagine they would say, well, that one is the literal words, but that one captures the emotion I was trying to say. When I said, you know, let's mosey on down, part of what that person with the Southern way of speaking is what they are trying to communicate is a laid back, casual, let's enjoy the journey together. So they would say, well, that one's got the right words, but that one has the right emotion. So I generally think if I'm going to do serious Bible study, I want to look at all of them because I do think the paraphrase does do a better job with my English ears capturing the emotion that God intended to be in the passage. But the word, the word for word, capture more of the literal words. So I've, if I'm studying, I flip back and forth. But something yeah. that we need to remember is that in many, many languages, you can't get a word-for-word equivalent all the time. You know, right. language doesn't work that way. That's you know, also the syntax so true. of one language is different than the syntax of another yeah. language, and so if you try to break everything down word for word, sometimes it makes no sense. Right. Because language is different. Yes. And languages are different. Right. And, um, and so sometimes going with that middle of the road equivalent ends up being more ends accurate. Up being more accurate right. because it's taking into consideration the differences of language. Absolutely, absolutely. So I guess I don't know. You, we aren't giving you a definite answer, but I would say if you, you know, if you're watching this online, you've probably got some amount of technology around, and if you go online, you can read all of these translations mm-hmm. for free. 
You can flip back and forth between them for free. If you're reading on a computer, you can go to BibleGateway.com. All of the translations are on there. If you're on a phone, you can download the YouVersion Bible app. All of the translations are on there. And you can flip back and forth and, and see what resonates with Let's you. Let me refer back yeah. to what I mentioned earlier was that having possession of a parallel Bible. What that was is four translations in one mm. book, each section in yeah. a column, four columns on the two pages as I would open the book. Yeah. And on the one side would be the, the little, uh, more literal, closer to word for word. Mm. And on the other extreme right would be the paraphrase. Wow, wow. One was King James and one was, I can't remember what the other yeah, two yeah. were. And then but the it followed that spectrum. Yes, it followed the spectrum in wow. one single book. That's it cool. was awesome. And I don't so, think I've ever seen one of those. I don't even know if they even make them anymore, oh, but I cool. had one. It was paperback, you know? Yeah. And so I'd read it in the King James and go, I have no clue <laughs> what right, that's talking right, about. Right, right, so right. So then I read the next translation. Oh, okay, that's a little clear. And then I read the paraphrase. Oh, okay, I get it. I get it, I get it. <laughs> right, 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 right. And so it shows the value of using yeah. different translations. Yeah. And it also, you're making a great point. In, in pointing out to people, there's no wrong choice. Right, right, You know, right. it's like there's not one Bible that's got the God stamp of approval on Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I think it, you just go find one that you like, that you enjoy, yeah. um, and, and read it, you know. If it gets you reading, yeah. pick the one that'll get you reading. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> cool. I, 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 nothing will change your life. Yeah. After coming to Christ, nothing will change your life yeah. more than getting into mm. the Word of God. It's so true. Jesus said, if you continue in my words, then you are my disciples indeed. Yeah. And he says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Mm. Mm. You know, I, I was so fortunate as a new believer that I was encouraged to get into the Bible. The group of people that we were with, we all, were, we, we all kind of discovered the Bible together. Mm. We just fell in love with the Word of God, mm. uh, and, and that's, I've never lost that. I still love the Word of God. Yeah, I I'm love still it. fascinated and enjoy it, and it still speaks to me, and yeah. um, it's shaped my life, which is exactly what God intends yeah. for His Word to do. So good. So good. Thanks for watching. Proverbs chapter 1 is our reading for today with our Big Bridge Bible Study. Some of you have seen that this week or might have seen it for the first time today. If you go on our Facebook feed, you can see the little image for Proverbs chapter 1. Find your favorite verse in Proverbs chapter 1. Leave it as a comment. Say what you like about it. Comment on somebody else's post and let's just have a little discussion on God's Word together. Great. We love you and uh, we'll see you on Sunday for the service and we'll see you on Monday for the next Daily Devo. Bye -bye. Talk to you later.